Well, welcome back to the Practicing Resurrection podcast, a podcast designed to help you encounter the living voice of the living God through His living Word. And this week, we have been slowly journeying through the first five psalms in the Psalter. Today, we arrive at Psalm 4. And the format's been pretty simple. We read the psalm slowly aloud, and then I offer uh, some reflections on the psalm and just one angle that the psalm could be interpreted or that it could land on us as a people. And then we invite you to meditate on a verse and just to carry that verse around. And again, this is a part of a larger process, a larger exercise of how do we study the Bible? How do we allow the Bible not just to be words on a page, not like we're reading a history textbook, but truly where God is encountering us. We believe that his word is living and active. And so we're trying to cultivate a life that's paying attention and we're trying to build up a life that is open and listening to him. And so today we turn to Psalm 4 and I'm going to read through it. And I invite you just to allow the words to be spoken over you, to be addressed to you. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm chapter 4. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. This is the word of the Lord. What's the thing in your life that you are just certain? If it were to be different, were to somehow change, that everything else would follow. Everything would change. What's the circumstance, the relationship, the life event far off in the future that you are waiting on to make you happier, more fulfilled, or put you in a place where you are finally able to experience joy? If your job were different, would you be different? If your spouse, your friends, or your kids were different, would you be different? David in Psalm 4 takes on two challenges with this sort of counterfactual investment in the future. First, there is the temptation towards bitterness. Look at verses 4 and 5. When you are disturbed, possibly, or when you are angry, do not sin. Ponder it on your beds and be silent. Here we find David in distress. He is at the mercy of his circumstances. He is the object of scorn and lies, and from every appearance, he is completely in the right, the victim with a righteous complaint. Yet there is nothing he can do about it, and even in that place, the temptation to become embittered and to lash out, however justified it may seem, however justified it may be, runs the risk of actually plunging him into sin. David determines that his only response to his circumstances is to offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. 
This is far from trying to carve one's own path in the world. David here models the trust in the Lord that both heals the sin in our own hearts and judges justly and fights on our behalf. The second temptation that we see in this psalm is the allure of using your circumstances as an excuse. David says in verse 6 of those that are constantly waiting on something to change, Oh, that we might see some good. Let the light of your face shine on us, O Lord. If only God would do this. If only he would change that. Life would be so much better. When we find our life becoming so future-oriented that we fail to seize the present moment, we betray that we misunderstand God's promises. God's promise of ultimate joy is not that the weather would always be fair, that people would always treat us well, and that things would go our way. God's promise is that in spite of our circumstances, He is always near. The promise is presence. David, a master mystic and thus a seasoned diver in the deep places of the Lord, knows this well. He concludes, You have put gladness in my heart, that when their grain and new wine abound, I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, Lord, make me lie down in safety. Notice again, rest. A theme in the Psalms is a defiant act of faith and trust. Today, I'm going to invite you to meditate on this verse, and I'm going to read a slightly different translation from Eugene Peterson's version of Psalm 4, verses 7 and 8. He writes, Why is everyone hungry for more? More, more, they say, more, more. I have God's more than enough. More joy in one ordinary day than they get in all their shopping sprees. At day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep. For you, God, have put my life back together. I'm going to read that translation from Eugene Peterson one more time. This is again Psalm chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. Why is everyone hungry for more? More, more, they say. More, more, I have God's more than enough. More joy in one ordinary day than they get in all their shopping sprees. At day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep. For you, God, have put my life back together. Would you say acknowledge in this moment those places of ache and longing? And, and friends, again, Psalm 4 features a righteous complaint. To acknowledge the place where you're wanting more is not to say that the thing that you are wanting is somehow wrong or sinful or distorted. None of that. What in fact we are being invited into in this psalm is to be satisfied with the presence of God, to experience it truly as the fullness of joy. Not because God is trying to impart some sense of mystical salvation, just this thing that's kind of ethereal and actually doesn't affect our life right now, because God really is that good. The psalm names new wine, names bread and grain abounding. This is the way that God meets us in the world with actual provision, actual blessing. And so we return to this sense, where are you aching for more? And how might God be trying to turn your attention, 
your affection towards him anew. Would you just say in this moment, Lord, you are enough. Lord, you are enough. Just picture yourself satisfied, content, not looking at everybody else's Instagram feeds, wanting some serene life, but understanding that God has brought you peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding through his presence. Like Lucia, we pray that this brief time has been a gift, an invitation into the deep life of the Psalms. And we end today as we end every day by praying the beautiful words that Jesus gave us to pray. So we pray as he taught us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Ecclesia, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. And may he give you peace. Until tomorrow, friends, grace and peace to you.